This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 293. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode we start off a brand new Russian Roulette franchise retro for this month of July. We're looking at a four part Russian Roulette franchise retro on Scream. Joining me on this series will be another four hosts who were randomly selected against one of the franchise. In this episode covering Scream, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz. Myself and Baz sitting down and chatting this movie after the first break. Let's catch up though with where we are under the stairs right at the top of this episode. It is busy, busy, busy. to see that we are like so close to summer series kicking off would be the biggest understatement of the year. It is spitting distance. Two weeks today, the first episode will drop and that will kick off a 10-part series looking at 120 movies over the decade known as the 2010s. And it will be followed up with, at the moment it looks like three, it could be potentially four roundtable episodes as well. All of these shows will conclude for the 30th of September, so they'll all be done and dusted out the way in time for, that's right, if you listen to Bazzy's announcement on Thursday last week, you'll know Bazzoween is coming back, and it's coming back hard and heavy. So yeah, a whole summer worth of incredible content, amazing guests, and dare I say a little bit of controversy, it's in there, it's in there folks, it's coming your way and we're only two weeks out. So this Russian Roulette franchise retro will basically conclude over the next two weeks. So you'll have a ton of fun working your way through them. Speaking of the Baz, he's coming on the show this Thursday. Myself and him will be looking at a non-spoiler and spoiler review of The Forever Purge. It's part of a bonus episode. We are thinking we're going to try and do some more content like this uh, ad hoc where we have availability because we both go to the cinema together to watch these movies so we're going to try and see if we entice the bands to do a bit more content under the stairs um, probably not so much over the next couple of months because like I said Bazoween prep and stuff so yeah keep your eyes peeled for that as well so yeah that, that's your that's your kind of catch up there in terms of the Teapots Collective, uh, today, the day that this episode is dropping, you'll be getting a brand new episode of Opera Omnia. This is the one from last month with myself and Bo talking about Zodiac as part of our series looking on Fincher. Now, once we've done that, I am going to endeavour to try and catch up next month. So over the next month and a bit, you'll get this month's episode and next month's episode. And that puts us back on track to finish the series for the end of the year. Where to begin with will be coming out at the end of this week, one week later than originally planned. And that's just because we had to shunt doing the nasty and opera on there back a week. 
So yeah, we're, we're playing catch up on that feed, but all the episodes will be coming to you pretty quick. I'm also going to try and get locked in an episode of Opera Omnia in the next month with myself and Mr. Watson returning to season one to do In the Earth as part of a look at Ben Wheatley. So that's one to mark on your calendars as well. Jaws' shite and other regrettable outbursts is due to record next week. So that episode should be out a week on Friday. So yeah. Just keep your eyes peeled for that one as well. So tons of stuff coming your way for sure. I got a couple of screeners in recently as well, which look like I'm going to be reviewing with interviews from directors. So there's that. It's just a ton of stuff. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled for it. We're going to keep you entertained throughout this very warm, uncomfortable, and dare I say it, long summer with uh, as much content as I can possibly fill your feeds with. With that in mind though, let's take a break, shall we? You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the little uh, little sounder before we kick into the trailer for our first of the four-part series looking at Scream. You're going to hear the trailer for the movie. When I return, I'll be joined with my guest, The Baz, right after this. This is Michael Caine, award-winning film actor you might know from such cinematic achievements as A Muppet's Christmas Carol and Jaws for the Revenge, where I played a character named after a fucking sandwich. I approve of the following promotional message. Do you like movies? Well, of course you do, you silly twit. You're listening to a movie podcast right now. Do you like podcasts about movies? I mean, if you're listening to this, your life is empty and without direction. So of course you do. Why not continue the spiral downwards with... They must be destroyed on sight! Yet another semi-regular podcast about film that will occupy some of that empty space in your soul. We cover every genre, but focus on a lot of obscure and cult films with a leaning towards exploitation. If you want a podcast that's going to talk about a silent film from the 1920s one week and a sleazy biker film from the 1960s the next, and then back to something like Singing in the Rain the next episode, they must be destroyed on sight! Maybe for you. So tune in and join regular hosts Lee Russell, Daniel Hopper, Paul Romani, and Lee Hardy, as well as the odd guest host at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you, Drive Through. Hello? Hello? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Like scary movies. What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, what's wrong with me? 
never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. You didn't make the rules. The police are always on track. If they watch Palm Night, it's safe time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Welcome back, ladies and gents. So yeah, here we go, kicking off another brand new Russian Roulette franchise retro on the podcast Under the Stairs. This is for the month of July and continuing our theme of smaller franchises that we have never spoken about on the show. We're finally turning our attention to the movie that's essentially recreated a genre and sold um, not only sequels, but God knows how many of copies that we're still getting now actually this is the one that in a lot of respects rightly or wrongly is the the movie that's accused of bringing back the word meta to horror movies which um as seasoned veterans of reviewing we're now sick of hearing the word meta um the name that was drawn out of the bowl of doom to return to do scream from 1996 is an old hand at not only franchises but the podcast under the stairs. He is many, many, many hundreds of hours of recordings with me and as a voice that I know for a fact you guys will be excited to hear. He is my colleague, sometimes, uh, and my co-host over on Jaws' Shite and other regrettable outbursts. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz. Let me hear you scream, bitches! <laughs> See what I did there, Dunk? I, I, I saw what you did. I was, was impressed. A play on words. I'm so impressed. I... From the wordsmith himself. <laughs> You've never done one of these before, which is weird. No. <laughs> Six years or something I was on this fucking show. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I was too busy doing everything bloody else. Doing entire franchises. It's really nice just to slot in and do one. Yeah, I mean, I'd like, Paul, uh, you were just checking with me a couple of days ago when you were like, I have to do, like, the whole thing in notes, do I? And I was like, no, 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 it's just four questions. And you were like, awesome. And I could see <laughs> in the text, in the text that you wrote there, that there was a wash of relief over you that you only had to watch the movie once. Yeah. So I was like, this is fucking great. I can just sit down and just watch the film like a normal human being. <laughs> Now, I just want to stress that you were the man that put that cross on your back when you did like Baz V Horror. I never asked you to watch a movie more than once. You did that to yourself, right? So, I'm innocent. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and you also never said that I basically want you to get through every fucking scene and recreate it in Glaswegian slang. Yeah, and nicknames but, for characters. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. Um, I want you to go off on tangents where you tell us about time your testicles fell out of your gym shorts yeah. or stories of shit imagine the sexual assaults on the characters it's yes totally out of control that was you totally out of control not yeah. me all me that was not so <laughs> as the listeners out there have heard we're doing Scream from 1996 you just heard the trailer this is directed by Master of Horror Wes Craven it's based on the screenplay by Kevin Williamson who is kind of basically littered all over this decade and the next decade with 
movies that are very much like Scream. Uh, he had a particular style of writing and he liked it and that was it. Um, this one here has a fairly eclectic cast. We have Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Skeet Skeet Ulrich. Um, it's only one Skeet, but I like saying Skeet Skeet. Uh, Drew Barrymore, <laughs> Roger Jackson, Kevin... Patrick Walls, David Booth, uh, we have W. Errol Brim, Rose McGowan, Matthew Lillard, Jamie Kennedy. Oh, just a lot of people in this movie. A lot of stars who were stars at the time, and a lot of people that went on to do a lot of things after. So, as a, as a good cast. The synopsis for this one is listed on IMDb is A year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorised by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Baz, 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 how have we never talked about Scream? I don't know. Do you know, it's interesting to hear you say, you, when you were introducing this there, you said that you're doing this series of retros on the smaller franchises. For somebody who, you know, I, I left school, I left high school in 1990, so I was kind of, the 90s were my 20s. Yeah. Um, and Scream was fucking huge. Yes. I mean, I know obviously it only has the four films in it, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, it was an... It, it was a phenomenon yep. at the time, from what I can remember. Now, that was coming from somebody who had no interest in horror films at that time, which kind of shows you the size of it and that I was fully aware, uh, you know, of it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I don't know why we never did it. Uh, possibly because I had seen yeah. at least a couple of them and pretty much, to the best of my knowledge, I think just about every film I ever did on the show... I had never seen. We tried. Um, we tried where possible to make sure you hadn't seen. Yeah. So that's probably the reason why we never did it. Um, so and also, you like to hit me with like nine movie franchises and shit like that. Yeah, and obscure Italian movies that only I have seen, and maybe three other listeners. Um, <laughs> and then people pester me where they're like that. That movie sounds amazing that Baz talked about. Amazingly bad. We're kind of watching it, and I'm like, well, there was this obscure Blu-ray release that only ran as a limited run of ten, uh, yeah. seven years ago. Yeah. So if you didn't get that, you'll never see it. Um, so, or yeah. if you've not seen August Underground, Baz has a second-hand <laughs> fucking DVD that he paid about £26 for. I told you not to do it. Which you would literally just fucking give you for three now, to be quite truthful. <laughs> Told you not to do it at the time. You'd never listen to me. You'd never listen to me. This is, once again, the, the cross that you put in your own back. Um, so, yeah, like, Scream... Like, I can't stress the importance of this movie because, yeah. enough from my perspective, this is one of the first, like, 18 certificate horror movies I saw in the cinema. So when this came out, I was what was, I was fifteen when this came out. So I managed to because I looked a bit older than I did. Mm-hmm. Hard paper round. Um, I, uh, I I got in fairly unchallenged, and I was hyped for this because I knew who Wes Craven was because I'd already seen things like The People Under the Stairs and Nightmare on Elm Street, and even by then I'd seen The Hills Had Eyes. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes. And Last House on the Left. I hadn't equated Last House on the Left to him, but I'd seen that when I was like 12. Um, so I, I, I knew who Wes Craven was, and I was very, very, very excited to see Wes Craven come back and do a slasher movie, because yeah. he hadn't done one since fucking like Shocker in the 80s. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. And I went and saw it, and it, 
I was so fucking all over this movie when I came out. I was like, it completely changed my view. And you talk about the influence. The influence is this brought people that did not watch horror movies in the cinema out to the cinema to watch horror movies. Yeah. So this was like, it was huge. It was, it was fucking huge. My abiding memory of this film, and this was before I seen, I think <clears throat> when I bought my first flat, of my own, I would have been, it, it was kind of the late 90s, mm-hmm. and I joined a kind of video shop around the corner, and I went through a phase of watching a lot more films than I normally did, kind of thing, you know, because I was just living and moan at the time, nothing to do, living the high life, um, and I think I checked Scream out then, Yeah. but my abiding memory goes back to before that, when I was still living in Danoon. And at the weekend, I worked in one of the local bars, and one of the girls that I worked with, Joanne, she had gone up to Glasgow. Um, I can't remember if it was a boyfriend or we were friends or something like that. Anyway, I'd get into work on the Friday, and I'm like, oh, what have you been up to? And then, you know, she said, oh, I was up in Glasgow. Wait, see that film Scream? I was like, oh, was that any good? She was like, oh, it's fucking amazing. Mm. And, and she was like, oh, it's terrifying. Absolutely fucking terrifying. And... You know, Joanne wasn't a horror. You know, she wasn't one of these. She didn't strike me anyway. She wasn't was a me, horror film you fan. Know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I just remember there been this huge buzz about this film, um, and I kind of knew it was this Wes Craven guy. Mm-hmm. I knew he was a horror director. I couldn't have told you any of the films he'd done. Do you know, I, I knew what Freddy, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street was. I, I, I knew who Wes Craven was and put the two together. Yeah. Um, but I knew it was this kind of new wave, if you like, of mm-hmm. horror. Yeah. Um, there was something about this film, and it, it was newer than the others, and it was... I just knew there was a kind of reinvention there, even though I hadn't seen the film myself kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a, a big, big thing at the time. Because it's, like, 96 is the weirdest year. Uh, so the big blockbuster 96 is Independence Day. Which I loved. <laughs> so yeah, so Independence Day was the big movie of of '96. Um, Peter Jackson, before Peter Jackson goes off and does all his Lord of the Rings and all the rest, does the Frighteners, um, which weirdly was supposed to. Uh, the Frighteners was originally supposed to be released around Halloween time, and right. they moved it to summertime, and it fucking bombed because it went up against Independence Day which is a silly move to whichever studio put that out. And I love The Frighteners, but I just didn't have an audience there. It's kind of gothic, quirky, ghost story. I was never going to win that. But Scream was, it's like you said, I I keep talking about the importance of the 90s. The first half of the 90s, there are tons of horror movies out there, but the big ones, the cinema ones, are not released as horror movies. They're released as psychological thrillers. The year before this one, Seven comes out. So Seven's 95. Um, Seven is a wonderfully disturbing movie which to me is 100% a horror movie but at the time you didn't fucking call it a horror movie because that was a kiss of death yeah it was things like um, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle and the Cape Fear remake and I remember all them coming out and again I I was watching some of these films on video at the time yep even I probably wouldn't have called them a horror, but I mean, looking back, of course they were. Yeah. Like, Silence of the Lambs. Silence, the, Silence of the Lambs, yeah. Is the big one that won the Oscar. Misery won an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, that's 1990, 1990, 1991. So yeah, they, they are there, but you 
that you daren't call them a horror movie and mm. then Scream comes out in the cinema big cinematic run and it's unabashedly a horror movie not only is it unabashedly a horror movie it's a fucking slasher movie Slashers are the reason, one of the big reasons that horror died the death that it did because it became so comedic, so over the top and so farcical and so comical and so many of those franchise, you know, instalments that people fucking switched off. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Oh, it's a Friday the 13th part nine? No. Nah. You know what I mean? It's that sort of level of people just not giving a fuck and just switching mm-hmm. off. And then Scream comes along. And not only does Scream come along, it's got this young cast full of known actors and actresses, like people that you have seen do other things. Drew Barrymore being the biggest name yeah, yeah. in the whole fucking movie. She was huge, right? And she's in this movie, and this is a slasher movie. And then added on top of all of that, it's a fun script. And not only is it a fun script, it's for if you're a horror fan, it is it's got a hundred references to horror movies. All the people speak. It's like Tarantino movies where people all speak like Tarantino. Like Kevin Williamson's script is written for horror fans. Like everyone knows oh, all the terms of horror movie and all the rest. Which if you don't know them, Baz, the movie still completely works. But see if you do. A wee bit that's better. why that's why I think the beauty of it is because yeah. you could guys like you mm-hmm. could go to the cinema and take your girlfriend who doesn't like well obviously your wife does like horror films <laughs> not not as much as I would like her to but she does like them <laughs> yeah. so. um, you know but a guy who's into horror films can take a girl and she, you know she'll be or a guy sorry yep. <laughs> or a guy um, you know and they'll be hanging on to your fucking arms shitting themselves yep. at it it's an enjoyable film, but there's, as you say, there's a lot in there for people who know about fucking horror films. Yep. You know? which, which is the thing that I'm really looking forward to in the kind of closing part of our, our four questions that we're going to do, because I would like to know from you at the end, as an additional question over and above what we usually ask here, in terms of that first time you watch Scream now to your most recent watch going through the horror journey that you did go yeah, yeah. does it elevate the movie to have that in there or is it just something that's a kind of a nice one kind of nudge and I'll, I'll hold you for the answer later let's on let's circle back to that one later don't we shall do so as you are fully aware here um, on the old uh, Russian Roulette franchise retros this is Lucy Goosey there's four questions I'm going to ask you because you're on the first movie question number three really fucking easy because it contextualises where franchises fuck up and you're on the first instalment so let's he fucked up in the first movie it's an easy question to answer um, so let's start with the first one Baz what if anything does Scream do right um, I think personally Scream does pretty much everything right mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a it's a perfectly balanced film and that goes back to what we were just talking about it can appeal to a massively broad spectrum of people yeah, and for me, what that does, and you know, lo- looking back at that time in the nineties, as a non-horror fan at that time myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was apparent even to me that this thing was completely rejuvenating horror mm-hmm. as a genre, and in particular slasher films. Now. I didn't know that, that, like, what you know. To me, slasher films. I, I thought that those films were scary. Now, having seen so many <laughs> of them, now that they're, they're not, and even the good ones yeah. don't scare me. They're good films to watch. They're mm. fun films to watch. 
they're not particularly fucking scary. Scream, I think it took the idea of the jump scare and fucking ran with it. Yep. Which companies move like Blumhouse are fucking taken to the nth degree with your conjuring and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel that it, it completely rejuvenated a scene that, as you say, was just dying on its arse. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at some of those later fucking uh, Freddy films and the you know the Halloween ones. Texas Chainsaw Massacre has got a few dotted through the nineties yeah. that are you know. <laughs> yeah, like the 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 one with fucking your man McConaughey and all yeah. that and it kind of thing. <laughs> the next generation, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it, I just feel that this film, you know, it, it garnered uh, an entire new audience. It's like you, when you go on about your fucking new metal, you know, yeah, you know, everybody slags off you lot, but it, it introduced an entire new generation mm-hmm. to heavy music yep. whether I, you like new metal or not yep. it introduced people it took them away from the boy bands and all that kind of stuff to heavy music and those people the, a lot of them will not listen to new metal anymore mm-hmm. but they will listen to heavy music and I personally think that Scream did that for horror films and also I'm not saying it's invented the idea of meta horror yeah, because I, you know, I mean, even Craven had dabbled with it before in a New Nightmare, a film which I fucking loved. Yep, but, yep. Just you know, a couple of years before this as well. Yeah, and when we did Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, I liked the first one, and it just steadily went downhill for me until New Nightmare, mm-hmm. and I thought New Nightmare was fucking great. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only one that I've ever actually gone back and watched again since we did the retrospective, <laughs> and that's not slating the others. It, it's just it's the one that really sticks in my head out with the original. Yeah. Um, but t- to me, Scream took that these kind of prototypes, and I'm not saying it was the first by any means, but it was it it gave birth to meta horror, if you like. Yeah. Uh, which was its genius because, as we've said, there's all of that there for guys like you. Mm-hmm. But from a very superficial point of view, it's just a great fucking horror film. And I think that's why when I originally saw it, I enjoyed it as well. Yeah. And we will come back to that other question later on. I'm yeah. going to start to lead into that now, yeah. so I'm going to cut away from that. Yeah. But I, I think that's what Scream did well. It just it just gave horror that shot in the arm that it was in desperate fucking need of. It's surprisingly gory. Yeah, you know what I mean for for ninety yeah, six yeah. for parental advisory stickers on CDs and violent video games like Grand Theft Auto and all the rest, it is a surprisingly violent film. Um, yeah, I mean straight from the off. I mean the whole Barrymore scene. Genius, at the start of the movie that's absolute is, genius um, because she's the she's the draw, she's the yeah. big name, and it's the it's the she's the face in the fucking posters as well. well. It's Ke- Kevin Williamson said when he was writing it that the reason he did it is he always loved what they did in Psycho by you know introducing Janet Lee um, as the yeah. character, and then there's a point in that movie where people are like, well, she's the final girl, she's you know she well not final girl, but she'll be there to the end, and then they make a conscious effort a conscious decision in that movie that that's not the case and that's not the character you're following yeah like the character you're following is Norman Bates a guy that you don't meet until the end of the movie 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah, who you yeah. follow, and like he said, he specifically wanted to do that, and that's why she was cast. And it sounds like she had a fucking miserable time on set because Wes Craven, <laughs> Wes Craven couldn't get her to cry. So Wes Craven um, had asked her what what would make her cry, and it, it, like this might be an urban legend, but it's one that sticks in my brain. Something to do with the death of a family pet or something. And um, right. so what, Cra- what, what Craven would do, because he's, he's an evil bugger, before they started rolling the cameras, he would be like, remember the kitten, remember the kitten, and she'd start fucking bawling. No, I know this story, and do you know, weirdly, I, when I watched the film the other, when I watched Scream the other night, mm. uh, as I say, it's my, my daughter's DVDs. Yep. Um, I had bought her these for as a Christmas present a few years back. So I'd said to her, listen, can I borrow your DVDs? So I'd put them on. Now, when me and her had originally watched them, we just watched the movie, yeah. and that was it. And the next night, we watched Scream Two, and so on. So I kind of I was flicking about when I finished the film. Uh, look, I wonder what's on this, you know, in terms of extras and that, because yeah. it was a kind of DVD. It wasn't Blu-ray; it was just DVD, and it was the box set of the first three, and there wasn't an awful lot there. Um, I love deleted scenes, so I was kind of looking for them. Yeah. But there wasn't any, but there was this weird little option at the bottom, and it was Did You Know? Yeah, yeah. And it was just a series of stills with some text on the screen, so just kind of boringly flicking through them. But it mentioned that about um, Drew Barrymore had just recently seen a video that involved the death of an animal, and she's that's right, so extremely into you know, animals and, and animal welfare, yeah. and that. And that was how he brought that, but he's like, just remember that film, yeah. think about the film. And that was how she did it. <laughs> Fucking cruel bastard that he is. <laughs> like, Wes Craven's an old guy. Like, you know, he was an old guy when he got into making films. So he made, yeah. like, uh, The Hills Have Eyes when he was in his 30s. No, not mm-hmm. even, uh, sorry, um, Last House in the Life when he was in his 30s. So he was in his, I think he's in his 50s when he makes Scream. Yeah, I've been watching some of the behind the scenes stuff. Again, yeah. like at the end of the thing, yeah, I mean, he's, he's clearly... And, but he always had this really, there. like, if you ever hear... I, I love, like, there's... Um, you can still find them on YouTube and stuff, but there's a... Uh, there was a series that was done, like, looking at the Masters of Horror, so to speak, and it's Bruce Campbell that hosted it. I'll need to find the clips. But there's a bit where, like, you hear each of the directors talk about the other directors. So there's, uh, you know, there's, they're all talking about John Carpenter and what I love about them all talk. Like, it's George E. Romero going that, oh, John doesn't give a fuck. You know, he literally doesn't give a fuck. You know, he walks out, he's got his shitty car, he's sitting there smoking a cigarette, he flicks it on, flicks it, you know, like, he does put it in a bed, he just flicks it on the street and drives off, doesn't give a fuck about anyone. But then, like, every time you see Wes Craven, he's got such a, a dark, kind of twisted sense of humour. And he obviously cracks himself when he's saying these things that he gets off on the fact that he's making people feel uncomfortable. And I think that's where Scream shines because it's a movie that is... It's one of these few movies where the humour is well done. Most Mm. of these movies, the humour comes off as goofy. And I think it's Kevin Williamson's script is very... Like I said before, it's punchy, it's quick, it's witty and all the rest. But there's a good humour in there that at moments you're kind of laughing and smiling with these teens... And then the yeah. next one, they're getting gutted with a knife in a vicious way, and you see the like you see the knife go into Drew Barrymore more than once, and then you see her hung up with her insides out, yeah, and then credits, and you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? It's brilliant, it's vicious, and it I, doesn't stop. I think where the humour works is 
it's because and it, it's a facet of the, the meta yeah if you like of the film and it's laughing at itself in its own genre yes um, I mean there's a bit uh, later on in the film I think it's at the party towards the end of the mm. film where Sydney's getting chased uh, by Ghostface and she kind of slams the door right off his face and he goes doing like a ton of shit and it's like something out of Three Stooges yep Yep. Do you know what I mean? It's like slams the door. He's going so quick, he can't stop. She slams the door. And it's almost like that, oh, fuck! You know, and the head goes back kind of thing. Well, I, I love and that. Again, I burst, I've seen it up team fucking times and I burst out laughing. Well, that's you know, the thing. Like, in every other slasher movie, the slasher killer is this unstoppable, you know, creature that will come after you and it doesn't matter that how fast you run. Pace, these yeah, 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 yeah. This one, you actually feel the pain. Like like when he goes out to, to kill Tatum and uh, she starts launching like bottles at him and stuff yeah. to try and get away like all these things like you feel the impact if something hits him or he fucks up or does something yeah, wrong he's hitting the balls at that yes. point as well yeah <laughs> so you know what I mean like, you feel the you feel the impact this is it's clearly someone under the mask yeah which a lot of the other movies go out the way to make you think like Michael Myers yeah Michael and Jason those two in particular yeah, yeah it, it's some unstoppable monster it's not a human being yeah. Whereas this is some wee clown that's just been hitting the balls with a bottle. Ah, so the ground you know it, I mean? which I, I really like. Yeah. Um, what else I like um, is that I think they land the casting really well. And it, you know what I mean? Because we talked about the big named actors and actresses. There are plenty of these other movies that will come afterwards. You know, these kind of, not necessarily even scream sequels, but like new wave of slasher movies or whatever we want to call them that come afterwards. That you get your big name your big teen heart, like a, like a, a like a, what's his name, Pacey, um, from Dawson's Creek. Oh, Joshua Jackson. He right. appears in like two or three different movies. And he's there and you're like, oh, it's the big name actor. And then you get relative nobodies around them. Yeah. Or people that are aspiring. This one has like, like I said before, Neve Campbell went on to do big things. Courtney well, Cox, obviously off the back of Friends. Yeah, she was about two years in. If I actually had looked into all of this last <laughs> night because... As you say, the vast majority of them are very recognisable now, and I was like, well, I wonder if they were at the time, or yeah. was, it, was this their breakthrough kind of thing? But, I mean, Neve Campbell, to me, Neve Campbell is one of these faces of the 90s. She yeah. just There's two or three actresses that are just completely synonymous. Didn't she do, like, she, I think she did Dangerous thing. Things the year after. And she, but she was already, she was on the TV with that party of five. Yes. By that point. Um, and she had done a couple of films by that mm. point. So she was a well-known actress. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love Neve Campbell, I've got to say. Um, and I I have a couple of issues w- with the casting, but I'm going to talk about that in, in the one of the later questions yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but no, in general, the casting's great. Yeah. And of course, as you've already said, the, the master stroke was, let's get Drew Barrymore in. Oh, God, yeah. And let's fucking kill her 15 minutes into this yeah, film. Let's, let's get her out. And then the audience yeah. the audience at that point think that no one's safe. Um, yeah. I, 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 can, I, I wonder as well whether anybody can, was expecting her to come back at some point during this film. I, I mean, I, I, know I, I, mean? I personally didn't, but I remember when they killed her, I remember sitting in a kind of hushed silence going like that. Did they just kill off the lead? I kind of, what I expected was it to do something like 10 days earlier, you know, and then yeah. she's the main guy. Yeah. And they never fucking I did never, that. I never saw a scream at the cinema, yeah. but 
I saw uh, what was that movie with was it Maximum Velocity? It was Steven Seagal and Kurt Russell. <laughs> it's a hijacked plane and executive decision. Forces, executive decision. Yeah. And Steven Seagal gets killed. It's it's not even as long as Drew, I don't think. Yeah. It's about ten minutes into it. Now I went to see that at Cinema Glasgow, I was a student at the time. And I've spoken about him before. My flatmate at the time, Hugh, yep. his dad owned the little local cinema in the noon, so Hugh was cine fanatic kind of thing. And he was obsessed with Seagal and in particular Van Damme. Yeah. Do you know during the early nineties? And I remember going to see that movie with him. And it was on the posters, it was Seagal. Yeah. And then Kurt Russell slightly smaller. Do you know what I mean? And Seagal's gone in the first ten minutes. And I remember turning to Hugh like what the fuck? But it's a, that's a then, smart move. by the end of it, I'm like... Because yep. you were expecting him to come back. I don't know how the fuck you were expecting him to come back. from like very clearly dead. Yeah. But, um, it's a smart know. move because he's the badass. Yeah. In the two. He's the guy you've seen do all the action movies before. He's the martial artist. And as soon as you take it out, regardless who that other guy is, well, he's not Steven Seagal. He's fucked. So you're yeah. instantly building odds in there. So, as, as, like, to me, that's smart... That's smart filmmaking. It was very smart doing that there. Um, I think the only gripe I've had with time with the Scream movies in general, but it starts here for sure, is the reveal of the killers. I mean, they come across as a bit maniacal right from the start. Um, Even the first time you watch it, like um, Matthew Lillard, who will always be be from Hackers, because I fucking have an unhealthy obsession with Angelina Jolie in that movie. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. Um, and, uh, yeah, hey, you're human, mate. You're human. Yeah. Oh, my God. That movie, that movie. And, uh, you know, he's. I think he's serial killer in that. And he like he's like weird and goofy and he's got pigtails and all the rest. And he's that. But in this one, he's like that, but amped up to like tens. Every, yeah. st- like, it's over the top and all the rest. That when I'm starting to think of who might be, because you suspect the boyfriend, right, yeah. early on. And then, yeah, and the film certainly leads you that way. You which know. is genius because then when it pulls the, well, no, he's got an alibi, and you're like, all oh, right, it's not him. So you let your guard down. Um, so it's not yeah. going to be his best friend who seems like the sort because they're together and all the rest. And then it's I'm like, I, I really like it, but the characters are so over the, and deliberately so, the red herrings in the movie, yeah. they're so over the top. That and it's a trope that they set up that they do in everyone, whether it's T- Timothy Oliphant in the second movie, who's walking around with a maniacal smile. You're like, of course yeah. he's the fucking killer. Of course he'd be the killer. You know, and they do that in all the movies after, and I, I kind of feel like it starts here that every movie after this has to have a stew, and ha- you know, like it has to Lillard, have that. Lillard's one of the casting issues I have. We will come um, to that then. No, yeah. so let's do it now. What, what does Scream yeah. not do well? Um, very little. Yep. To be quite honest, I, and I was racking my brains about this earlier on today, and Larry, what, I, what can I pull out? So, Lillard, he only, to me, he can only do two things. He can do that crazy fucking over the top yep. maniac, or he can do Shaggy. If he he can do, he he's really good at Shaggy. <laughs> And I actually don't mind them doing Shaggy. Yeah. But the whole maniacal thing, I'm not the biggest fan of Matthew Lillard. All right. Um, I find them very, 
I want to say one dimensional. <laughs> I'm going to put the shaggy bit aside because he is very good at that. The rest of the time, it's just that. It's just Matthew Lillard. Yeah. I, I don't he's got a lot of energy. Anything I think else that's from he's, him. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. tall, he's lanky, he's got a lot of energy, and he's very. It's the facial expressions and the arm movements. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's a screen, baby. That yeah. was terrible for an audio yeah. podcast. I'm doing the thing but, where he points his fingers at his mouth. Yeah. He's like, it's a screen, baby. Yeah. And he I, calls I, a baby every two seconds. But Shut the fuck up. But he's there. He's there. Him and Jamie Kennedy are ostensibly there as comic relief in a lot of respects yeah. like even down to like the absurdity of them kind of cutting themselves later on to pass it off that they've survived and you're like I'm getting oh, I'm a little Eric. woozy yeah. you know what I mean like oh yeah, yeah, my yeah. dad's gonna be so bad you know like yeah. all this it's there for kind of a weird comic relief that they add into the movie um, which if you do, uh, it's like it's Jim Carrey if you like Jim Carrey and you find Jim Carrey funny, you like you will find his movies funny. If you yeah. cannot stand him, then that guy could do You're fucked. Yeah, any role. It could be the most serious yeah. Academy Award winning fucking role ever done. You will not like it because Jim Carrey's in it. And Matthew Lillard, in a lot of respects, is the same way. He's a very physical animated actor. Very and if much that so. Bugs your tits, then there's no getting around that, so Yeah. So that was that was one. The other thing, and I, I had to look for this. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I really did. I had to kind of struggle, uh, rake about to try and find this. The we've talked about the kind of meta elements to this film, the, yep. the, the horror humor, the appeal to horror fans, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it's done very well up until about the last fifteen minutes. And after we've had the reveal of the killers, yeah, there's a couple of scenes where Skeet Ulrich just appears to be fucking rhyming off films, yeah, like at the, you know off the top of his fucking head, yeah. Other scenes, the, the introduction of the the horror film mythos, yeah, is, is done really well. You know, you've got the guy in the video shop talking about that. All that works brilliantly. Yeah. But it just seems like it that those last few scenes in the house where Ulrich's lost his fucking mind and the big reveals out there now he's just trying to fucking kill and he's like that, you know, it's Anthony Perkins and Psycho and all that. Yeah. But you're just shouting fucking films out. Oh, now, you do, you know he I mean? does the whole thing because he, he even goes as far as the blood's just corn syrup. It's what they used in Psycho yeah. in the shower scene. And, and it's one the, after the other after the other, and I just thought, you know what? The meta thing is the, is the, the to me the real brilliance in this. Yeah. And you'd already fucking nailed it just mm-hmm. perfectly and really well done. And that was just over egging the pudding. Yeah. Yep. No, I can, um, I can see it's that. It's a small gripe, and I did have to look hard for it. Yeah, I think um, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the end of the screen overall. Um, specifically, the not the double tap, the killer comes back. I love that bit because that's the meta thing we're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. And I love the fact that that's a gag that they do in all the screen movies afterwards. Like, you're physically yeah. waiting for it. You're like, you're going to sit and just kind of look at the screen going, any second, any second. Um, <laughs> but it's the, you know, she escapes in the house 
and then gets the voice box and then calls them and then she's on the voice box and all that. It's yeah, you know, like yeah. As as I I know I know where it's coming from and there's a bit of pathos with what she gets out of it at the end. But to me, it's just but it doesn't ruin the movie for me. It's just like uh, no, it, I mean at the end of the day, it, it's a slasher film. Yes, right. Slasher films are dumb as fuck. Let's be honest here. For the most part, yeah, the majority. I would say ninety-five percent of them are. Yeah, this film knows that and takes the piss out of that. Yeah, yeah, a bit. But I I do know what you mean. Yeah, Um, yeah, there's just bits towards. Well, she's 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 fighting. She's fighting for her life. There's two of them after her, so she's going to hide in a cupboard with the voice box and do a prank phone call. Mm. Are you Neve? Are you really? Um, so yeah, but that's like once again, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. It's just one of those ones where I'm like, it's a bit over the top. Yeah, um, it's a bit over the top. Right, um, third question, and this will be super easy for you because, like I said before, it's the first instalment. Um, do you think, uh, in terms of this movie moving forward, this sets anything which is impossible to follow? Do you think it does something where you're like that? Well. If we make a sequel to this, we're basically breaking this rule at this point. Or do you think actually this movie's primed for a sequel? It absolutely is. Um, I, I I don't think there's anything there yep. that kind of negates you moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in fairness to them, it's not like they brought back fucking Stu and Billy and all that. No. Do you know what I mean? They contextualise it later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. But that's that's. I mean, it's not as if they're bringing them back or any, any nonsense like that. So the only and I came up with two answers to this question, neither of which are particularly good. The first one was that it laid the groundwork for the scary movie films. Which yes. Now. I know a lot of people like them. That spoof, I hate spoof films. <laughs> I, I've never liked them. My best pal Milky is obsessed with them. He, yeah. he thinks like Airplane and all that funniest films ever fucking made. Hot Shots and all that bollocks. I can't believe you I, don't I, like Hot Shots. I don't. I just don't. It's it's that spoof humour. Yeah. I don't find it funny. Yeah. The same way I don't find slasher scary. Yeah, you know got I mean? you. I've got you. I've got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it opened the door for them, and I, I just feel that they really fucking cheapened this second wave of slasher films, and in particular, Scream. Yeah. The only other thing was the casting of David Arquette, and this is the other casting thing I was ah, talking about. Oh, right, right. I, I. I just don't like David Arquette as an actor. You don't like Officer Dewey? No. No. I I just... I find him totally unbelievable. (laughs) And and weirdly, the most unbelievable thing is the relationship with Courtney Cox's character. And of course, the pair of them were fucking banging for years. They met on on the set for Scream, so yeah. I know. But I just... Like, like she, she's the hard-edged, ball-busting reporter that just takes no prisoners and doesn't care whose life she fucking wrecks. Yeah, you know, to get her story, and he's this simpering fucking do-gooding cop whose sister insists on calling him by his childhood nickname when he's in uniform yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I just, but it's more than that. And as a personal thing, I, I just don't like 
Arquette as an actor, I feel he always seems to play the same kind of fucking kind of does, yeah. Character, do you know what I mean? And um, and and he's the one, you know, beyond sitting well, there's him, there's Sydney, and there's Courtney Cox's character that are right there. That the are end. right through the fucking lot of them. And in fairness, Sid, of course, she's the final girl. I don't have any problem with that. Courtney Cox's character, I think, is fucking great in this, and she's the perfect. Like counterfoil to Sydney. Yep. And he could just have been fucking off in that first movie, and I would not have shed a <laughs> tear at all. Um, so it's maybe not what you're looking for in that it fucks the franchise going forward. I, I just could have done without him and anything beyond uh, that first film. Weirdly, in, in the the did you know thing that I was watching the other night, he wasn't the first choice for it, and it rhymed off a couple of actors. And I can't remember who they were. Yeah, but. Craven wasn't looking for that type of character. Yeah. He was looking for a more kind of dynamic cop thing, and then Arquette auditioned and played it that way, and he went for it. And I'm like, really I mean, this? it doesn't surprise me that Craven opted for a kind of goofy cop character because that is every movie that he's ever done. <laughs> it's like the cops are right, always okay. the cops Fair are enough. always kind of goofy, and we never even got to talking about like like or even just talking about cameos. How weird is it to see the Fonz as a head teacher? <laughs> Do you, that was I knew there was something I forgot to say. I fucking love Henry Winkler, right? And I have since I was a kid because I grew up with Happy Days on a Sunday afternoon on STV, yeah. which was the third of the four channel. But no, I don't even know if I channel four at that point. It might have just been the third of the three channels mm-hmm. I had on my telly when I was really quite small and I loved Happy Days. And Vaughn's was the coolest fucking thing. And then Winkler had that weird transition in that there was no transition. He went from the Fawns to being unheard of to popping up and scream. Yep. And like what he did after that and the likes of Parks and Recreation and that um and the that Barry, have you seen him in that? The one that I've not I've heard Bill it's great, the assassin. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Right. But he just went from the young, cool hip Fawns, literally the coolest man in the world, to this older Henry Winkler. But I just fucking love him. I yeah. absolutely love him. And I, I love him in this movie. I just think he's... <laughs> that way he comes across. He's on the fucking tannoy, you know. Yeah. Stay safe. I love you all. Blah, blah, blah. And he's in the office. He's like, fucking hate these kids. Yeah, he's like, he gets to like... It's when he gets his scissors. Shits he gets his scissors at one point and threatens the kids that are running around in the mask. Um, and also, the, like, to, the- me, to me, the casting of him, that's Craven's, like, it's his version of Travolta uh, getting cast by Tarantino yeah. in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. You bring, you so bring someone back. his career was dead in the fucking walk and he just brought him back. And I, I just love Henry Winkler. Yeah. I, I absolutely love the man. Because the, there's, a, there's a nod, there's a, a, they couldn't help themselves nod where he refers to the janitor as Fred. And the janitor's and he, wearing He's the, got the jumper on in the hat. hat. And that is Wes Craven, I yes, yeah. yeah, it's Wes Craven. Yeah. So, like, uh, there's a, the kind of wee wink and a nod. Which, once again, I enjoy, I enjoy. It's, a, it's kind of a Hitchcockian thing where, like, Hitchcock would put himself in every movie um, yeah. in some way. So there's, kind of, there's something kind of fun and quirky about it. The, your last question is, and I, I think we know where we're landing with this, you either have to take the position of recommending this movie I'm not recommending this movie. I think it's safe to say you're recommending this movie. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. If someone had never seen Scream before, 
and you have to pick one scene in the movie to sell them on why they should see Scream, what would it be and why? Um, can I have two? I'll let you have two, just because it's you. Seems it's me. Yeah. Right, because I, I, I thought long and hard about this. <laughs> I, I really, really did. And it came down to these two, and I can't make up my mind which one. The, the first one is the first scene. The, the whole section of Barrymore. It is, to me, it is the perfect slasher kill. Mm-hmm. It's just got everything in it. It's got the build-up. It's got the lulling her into the false sense of security at yep. first. It's got the introduction of the killer. Oh, this seems a bit off. And it just gets progressively worse. You've yep. got the shocks. You've got the shock of the boyfriend through the patio doors. Mm-hmm. I, I just that you've got the chase. She's she going to get away. Almost she's makes it. Yeah, she almost makes it. Yeah. And the next minute, she's hanging from a tree, and her guts are just spilling out. I genuinely, I can't think of a. Maybe the sleeping bag kill, in uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, the opening of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. I think they're the same thing, though. I think they're like the perfect setup to. Yeah. Like you, the, the you know, like you get every you finish on that closing scene, and you're like. Oh holy shit! Because that's when the credit comes up, scream or whatever. Yeah, I would totally agree yeah. with that. Totally agree with that. So it, it just encapsulates everything just beautifully in that first ten minutes, and it doesn't matter whether you are the most diagonal horror fan or a complete fucking novice that doesn't like horror films. That scene will grab you, yeah. and you're in. You're yeah. in for the film. The other one, <laughs> scene number two. I, I, God, I'm flipping back, but. If I really had to pick one, it'd just be the Drew Barrymore one, right? But it seems you've given me two. The second one is the scene later on at the party when Randy oh, yeah. explains the rules of the slasher. Uh, you've got Halloween on in the background mm-hmm. with Jamie Lee, and he explains the rules as it's all kind of happening, you know, around him kind of thing. Yeah. And he's completely oblivious, and to me... It's like Randy gives birth to meta horror at that fucking point. Yeah. That, that's, if you ever stick a pin in it, it's like shooting Franz, Archduke Franz Ferdinand <laughs> starting the First World War. Uh, uh, yeah. Meta horror just started. There was other stuff going on, <laughs> but it started when Randy gave that fucking speech. Yeah. And then there's the bit, of course, he's lying later on and he's watching, but look out behind you, Jamie. Yeah, the, oh, the, he's being, yeah. you know, and goes faces above him with the fucking knife. Yeah. That, that's another absolute fucking classic. Yeah. So, I, I, depending on who it was, I think if it was a complete novice, I would go with Drew Barrymore. If it was somebody that was a bit more into horror already, but I hadn't seen Scream for some fucking reason, you would maybe push them towards that scene. Yeah. Also, also has that particular scene has so adversely affected my life now that whenever I leave a room and say I'll be right back in my head, I'll I'll be right back. <laughs> like that. Every time, man. Every time. That's awesome. just little hard overacting. Like yeah. Always. Do you know what I mean? Always overacting. Uh, right, um, Baz, we have to give this a grade. Um, you know we do the old-fashioned Netflix grades under the stairs. One is hated it, two is didn't like it, three is liked it, four is really liked it, five is loved it. Point fives are included. What pre are you giving Scream from 1996? 
I, I actually had to think about this a lot longer than I thought I would. I, I'm going to give it a five, though. Yeah, that's I'm the right grade. I'm giving it a five. I, I, I was set on a 4.5, and then I started to think back to the negative points that I was drawing on, and I was like, but you had to think all afternoon. Mm-hmm. I've been going through the film in my head. I watched it the night before last. I, w- I re-watched the ending last night. This mm-hmm. is a film I've seen multiple times already. Yeah. And I was thinking about it all afternoon to pick out a few things that I could criticise it for. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I don't think those criticisms were particularly fucking great. <laughs> but no, it's a fucking five star. It's a, you know, it's a five all day. Yep, I agree hundred percent. I think any it's... horror fan should see this. Oh, I should have seen this by now. It's a, it's a mandatory... Like There are a few yeah. movies that I mark on a list of mandatory horror movies that you should watch in your life. If you're getting into horror, you're like... Even if even if there's a crossover where I'm like that... Right, I know you don't like horror movies, but you should probably check out Scream. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a great movie. I love it. Uh, I've loved it since the first time I watched it. It's, I it's brilliantly accessible as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that's what... That's unfortunately the plus for the genre at births and also the negative is that you get a lot of people making studio cookie cutter slasher horror movies yeah. afterwards because there's a template Scream shows you what the template is it's, they do it with every genre uh, and that template gets watered down really fucking fast so there we go there we go thank you very much for joining me Baz now people that are listening to this right now will know that you have on Thursday just passed announced that you're returning to the podcast under the stairs to the bosom to the warm bosom under the stairs um, to to make an announcement specifically on Bazoween we encourage yep. everyone to go and check out the 10 movies that Baz will be covering um, they're listed out there I can't wait for that to happen so you'll be coming back to do that as well uh, it's probably also worth saying we've got nothing set in stone and we're not doing anything formal in announcing it ad hoc Along the lines, you may be popping in here or there uh, to chat about movies you want to talk about. So if there's something that you have seen at the cinema, more particular, that you want to jump in and chat about, you might do that. I might indeed, yeah. I, I've, I think lockdown's had a lot to do with it and I've been enjoying doing the podcasting uh, with yourself and Scott and Liam uh, yeah. on Jaws' shite. Um because that's nice, easy podcasting. <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have to you know I mean? it, yeah. I'll actually Google weird news stories. <laughs> right, I'll, uh, I'll talk about that one. And then I think about some stupid I did when I was a kid and I make a note on my phone. And that's all the prep I do for that. Yeah. And I've been enjoying that. But I do find, you know, the, the, the few times I have been back on the show, it is nice to talk about it. I, I've got to say that this episode tonight, I have just loved mm-hmm. talking about Scream. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I, I think because the pressure was off it, I don't need to be funny in episodes like this. Yeah. I can just talk about the film, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I've had a great time doing this episode tonight. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i not coming back to the show on any permanent basis or anything like that, but you may see me popping in now and then for different things. Um, and most folk that listen to the show know that a lot of your cinema goings, I am there watching. Yeah, you're movies. usually you're usually there um, with me. So um, and and we not then normally spend at least half an hour standing outside the cinema in Falkirk or an, shooting the shit. Almost an hour and a half fucking, last night. I think it was about an hour and a half last night. Just yeah, outside the cinema chatting. 
because I walked out and I'm going like, oh, that's good. Uh, the wife will be pleased today, actually, because the film started earlier and I'll be home earlier than that. Back at 11, she was sound asleep, man, by the time I got home. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost 100. Like, between chatting to you and chatting to Dave after the movie finishes, my wife will be thinking I'm having an affair. Um, so, <laughs> just want to stress, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, right, Baz, so yeah, that, this is probably the best place to, to wrap this up for you. I've got my, my outro stuff that I will not subject you to in this episode. So, if you would like to say <laughs> goodbye to the listeners, please. Thanks, folks. Uh, thanks to you, Dalton, for having me on the retro. This has been an absolute blast folks i hope you liked uh my critique of scream mm-hmm. um and if i don't see you before i'll see you all at fucking basilene oh yes oh yes ladies and gents i'm going to take my final break of this episode when i come back i'm closing out the show and i'm doing it right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs You've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. Ladies and gents, this has been episode 293. We have just finished the first of our four-part series looking at the Scream franchise as part of a brand new Russian Roulette franchise retro for this month. Big old thanks to the Baz. That was a ton of fun. I love chat movies with that guy. I genuinely love it. He's one of my favourite people ever. One of my best friends, actually. And it's great to have him under the stairs, sitting down, chatting movies again. And long may that continue. Get yourself ready. Bazaween is... October feels like it's far away. It really isn't. <laughs> it really, really, really isn't. So yeah, we'll be getting more Baz. And like I said in the intro, you'll be getting more Baz on Thursday when we do the Forever Purge non-spoiler and spoiler review of that movie. So big thanks to the Baz. The next instalment this should drop within the next week. It'll feature Scott McKenzie, big sexy Scott from Scott Liam vs Evil, jumping in for Scream 2. There is a multitude of ways to check out the show. Wherever you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe. That way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of T-Putz content. But do not stop there. Also subscribe to T-Putz Collective where you get shows like Upper Omnia, Doing the Nasty, Where to Begin With and Chronicle. So much content. All the archives are over there as well. So subscribing to both those feeds is the best way to support what I do. You can visit our website, it's tputzcast.com, links to all the shows are there as well, as well as a link to Jaws' Shite and other regrettable outbursts, the Booze Beast Banter podcast featuring myself, the Baz who was on this episode, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs Evil. We get drunk, we talk about regrettable life choices and decisions, we also go on tangents, more tangents than you can imagine one podcast could possibly swing at you, we do weird news stories from around the world and read out listener emails, so it is a fun fucking time Listen to us make tits out of ourselves for your entertainment. Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts available on tputzcast.com. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. The tputz collective is facebook.com forward slash tputzcast. And Jaws is shite can be found at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. Easy as that. Talking about other ways you can reach out to us on social media, why not check us out on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter, both can be followed at TputzCast. 
The podcast Under the Stairs returns this Thursday with a bonus episode. Myself and the Baz sit down and discuss The Forever Purge, the fifth instalment of the Purge franchise. It will be a non-spoiler and spoiler review of that movie. So check it out if you have an inkling to before you listen to us. And if you don't care, just listen on anyway. That episode drops on Thursday. So wherever you are, what the time zone is and what you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off.